welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. My name is Matt Lees. I'm joined by Keza McDonald. Hello. And Christopher Bratt. Hello. It's a new year. New you. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We haven't done a podcast for a while because we've been busy and we've been Christmas. Mm-hmm. I am remarkably hungover today. How is everyone else? Fine. Low energy, but fine. Mm-hmm. The thing is that cri- Chris- <laughs> like Chris- this podcast is already Christmas is not <laughs> actually... New year energy you were hoping for. <laughs> Christmas is not actually time off when you have small children. It's just 16 hours a day of childcare mm. for two to three weeks, which I is doing, great. I was doing like an hour and a half a day because I, I was spending a lot of time with friends uh, who have kids and being, I'm really quite competitive now in my mind about being the best, like unofficial uncle. Nice. Oh, see, yeah. I really wish my friends would compete more for that. Oh, <laughs> it would on. be really great if they would. I love it. Like it's, I, I've, having worked on the internet for years, I've genuinely got to a point where I can mostly say I'm not really that bothered whether or not people like me that much in terms of what I do. Like, I know that some people do like what I do and that some people don't, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to toddlers that I like, oh I God. want them all yeah. to like me loads. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely hear that. Yeah, But at the same time, they're so easy to entertain. You, just, you give them 100% and then they look at you as if to go, that's the best thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. or what the hell is this? I'm not impressed at all. And I love that there's no <laughs> middle ground. They just completely wear their heart on their sleeve. Yeah. And um, I'm known as Goblin Man. And, and also the best one, Goblin Man is great because there's a kid who loves a goblin and I pretend to be a goblin and he loves it. He thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And basically, I'm like, I'm like a uh, pantomime villain. I'm like, oh no, and I'm going to get him. But then inevitably he always ends up getting some sort of magic relic. That it's funny how up. they do that. They're like the yeah. rules that you think exist in that world suddenly change quite well, drastically. I just, he's only two, so I just invent them. Like he picks something up and starts pointing at me and I'm like, no, not the magic shoe. <laughs> and then I Goblin get, man's uh, only weakness. And then I get defeated and then, you, you know, must be brilliant uh, at weddings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at weddings, I tend to focus on dancing because it's the only outlet mm. I have for that. Um, but just general like, I love holidays. that. That's such an English man thing to say. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the only outlet for dancing in my I life is dancing. the occasional wedding. I miss it. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, and then I've, I've got I get to dance nights. all the time, small children. It's great. They love a dance. That's, oh, that's a good true. point. I need dance to whenever you want. Spontaneous dance party at any point. I did, there was a great um, little video of my son when he was just learning to pull himself up on uh, tables and stuff. And he had, it was an MGMT song. I can't remember which one. But he just pulled himself up and started bopping. Nice. <laughs> he couldn't walk, but he could already feel the rhythm. Wow. It was amazing. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah. So, of course, this is a podcast about video games. <laughs> and, as you uh, can tell, yes, as is obvious. Three of the people in the world who play them. Did you know that literally hundreds of people now play video games? And we are just three of those hundreds uh, to talk to you about our experiences uh, with, with said games. <laughs> and, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I haven't played a dramatic number of video games over the Christmas period. I did a lot of reading of books, which is quite nice, and watching of television. But I did play a couple of pretty I'm, great games. I'm wary of doing the the Battle Brothers chat that we both want to have. Right, because yeah. Because both, both Keza and, I imagine, large portions of the audience will find that quite tedious. I don't know. I mean, I think, like, I think Try probably me. a lot of our <laughs> audience are just as tedious as we are. Okay. Um, so I think you're safe on that front. But I'm going to kick it off and ask Keza what she's been playing, because she plays a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption, still. Still playing wow. that. We, well, it wasn't out last time we did Have this Have you not podcast. collected all the horses yet? <laughs> it wasn't out last time we did this no, podcast. No, it wasn't. We talked a bit about... I think last time we talked about a lot about the... Um, the, the pre... 
We were talking a bit about the uh, the the controversy over their work. Yes, we were, and I think actually it was before that. That's what I was trying yeah. to work out. I think we, what we was were it talking telltale? about. That's oh, it was Telltale. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it turns we out there's to, lots guys, of things we, about we, working conditions. We really need to do this podcast more often. Um, <laughs> but I think that was quite telling that it's like an overall problem, and and that we were talking about it being a big problem with the trend. Yeah. And then literally, I think it was a week after the podcast came out, there was a whole thing of you know yeah, take yeah. two being like, hey, look how hard we're whipping our workers. Mm. Yeah, it was great. It was a real. It was a very stressful time for me because. We were, we'd kind of, you know, set up to do obviously some pre-release stuff Mm -hmm. in the Guardian and they really didn't want to talk about the working conditions. And it was like, well, I mean, I can't not ask about that because (laughs) that would make me terrible at my job. So it was a very, very stressful week of like a lot of maneuvering and eventually we ended up publishing quite a lot on, on the game and the working conditions and everything. I think we've been pretty good reporting on it, but the actual game, I reviewed it, then didn't play it for a few weeks and then completely rinsed it. (laughs) I went back to over... Um, just before Christmas and, and just played it to complete death. I actually... Un- I love it. I love Unusually for me, because I'm not usually very good at this, but I found that actually I was... I was so kind of left feeling a bit mucky by the whole situation with the... <laughs> with the uh, rock star bragging about the working hours that yeah. I just didn't get it. It was one of those things like... Everyone I spoke to who'd worked on it worked incredibly hard on it. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, although many people presumably work too, including a lot of people at Rockstar Lincoln, obviously their testing company, uh, their test, sorry, their testing studio, um, where most of their QA is, is located, a lot of people had a bad time. Mm. Um, but then also a lot of people put so much of themselves and their work yeah, into no, the game. Course. And I, I really felt like, although it was should have been mentioned in every review, I think, yeah. that this yeah. had happened. I also think it's... Uh, it's it's something a lot of people work very hard on and cared very much about, yeah, yeah. and you can actually see that you really can see when you play like every tiny element of that game someone really cared about, and I'm not obviously I'm not glorifying what no, went no, into creating no. it, but I do appreciate what resulted from it. Well, that's yeah. the thing is I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even there's no righteousness here. I'm not I wouldn't even say I boycotted it. You know, I just I just felt weird about mm. it, and then it, it came and I kind of saw everyone talking about it. I thought oh, I quite like to play it, but then I just. I felt weird about the act of going and buying it. But I think you're right. I think it's just a case of like, you know, you, it doesn't mean you, you have to. I think it's just a case of like, you know, even if you buy it and you enjoy uh, yeah. it and see the art, you just think, make sure that next time people are talking about unionization. Yes, I think that in, in the case of Red Dead Redemption, it's one of those things where probably the majority of people who worked far too hard on that video game did so because they, but you know, buy into the toxic working culture of if you care too, if so much, then you will work all your hours. Yeah, yeah. Which is not a rock star specific problem mm, <laughs> at no, all. No, no. Um, but the the game itself, I just I was I uh, I'm I find like I really love Grand Theft Auto, but I always find myself making excuses for it, you know, because it's like oh it's it's a very interesting black tongue satire of modern American consumerism, but also the scooter is called the Fagio, mm, and I'm like mm. oh that you see I just find it hard to reconcile, and I always find myself like enjoying the game despite quite a lot of things yeah. that I find like iffy about it, you know, and sometimes I find GTA goes into territory where it's being controversial for the sake of it doesn't have anything to actually say it's just like here's some fucked up shit guys and and makes me feel a bit like weary overall i love those games i love the worlds but red dead redemption is like that but without any of the kind of stuff i find a bit grating about about rockstar games in general so i've heard that basically it's the kind of the the biggest criticism of it really is the fact that a lot of what makes it magical the 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 world building and the um kind of sandbox of just being able to go out into this world and do stuff doesn't really gel that well with like the kind of traditional what the game wants you to do in terms of missions and stuff that's they're kind of separate I, systems that's what i found I've, I've played it as well i um i'm right i well i thought i'd finished it three times it really does a great job of like oh, s- does, setting up like the conclusion 
to the game and then I I had like a I remember t- saying Danny like oh yeah I'm, I'll be I'll be coming up to bed and like it's, I think this is like 30 minutes you off you didn't go to bed for 8 weeks it was like <laughs> it was like 6 hours later and oh I still haven't finished it but, um, yeah so I, I am enjoying it but I think that my my largest criticism of the game would be that the stuff that I've enjoyed has mostly been in its world and uh, the the main storyline and the way that the missions sort of want you to play the game in a very uh, specific way um, has taken away from that a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's in, I thought the reviews were very interesting with that game because there were some that just were kind of quite frustrated. Like you could read the frustration of the of the critic. Mm-hmm. Like this game is so awkward, and you know these missions are so weird. Um, and if you had to play that entire game in a week and a half, like everybody did, yeah. and fit in all the missions, you'd, and you'd have to mainline the missions in order to finish the game, then absolutely you mm-hmm. would feel that way about it. Yeah, but. it sounds very much like 2018's Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. <laughs> Although arguably, I think Red Dead Redemption got a bit of an easier time on reviews than that did. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even really joking. <laughs> I didn't expect that comparison. <laughs> sounds like I am, but that game was amazing. Mm. But it was only amazing if you like luxuriated in it and yeah. didn't try and actually mm. finish it or complete it. And just, uh, you know, often it was a sort of thing where you, it was like a, any good puzzle game of being like, well, here's a challenge. Can you do it? And then you do it. And it's like, well done, you did it. But then you're like, yeah, but I'm going to do it again and see if I can do it differently. It's like, well done, you did it. And mm. it's like, yeah, but I'm going to keep doing it i don't know like you, you just ended up like making weird machines and being like i wonder if i can use this machine to drop something into a volcano and did you're you like play, it works did you ever play fantastic contraption was it called or one of the yeah. first vr games i found that very compelling oh i thought you meant like some there was an old pc game which was like that maybe it, maybe I can't it remember was what it's called. i can't remember but the, there was a there was an early vr game where you're basically just making it was, it was you're just making bizarre uh oh i'm just now i'm failing that was very subtle. There we go. Gooseneck. Sorted. Really quite tight. I'm just adjusting Kez's microphone live like a pro. <laughs> no one noticed. <laughs> Carry on. Audio equipment Seamless. has the weirdest, like, like goosenecks and dead cats and dead kittens. It's a nightmare. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. I, mean, I think yep. this is. That, is that a dead cat? No, it's not a dead cat. Is that's it, just a. Is the dead cat the thing that's on the boom mic? Yeah, like fluffy, but a dead kitten is a smaller version of that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the difficult thing about whenever you're trying to learn about new gear is just everyone uses different terminology. <laughs> and it's the same when you go from like audio stuff into like filming. Like I'm, I've been doing a lot of stuff for Shut Up Sit Down using broadcast gear recently. Right. And broadcast gear is just different to other video gear. And it has its own terminology and its own... It's, it's, an, it's a nightmare. <laughs> anyway. I've been asleep for the last two minutes. I'm fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I get that a lot. <laughs> Um, another thing that I played and enjoyed recently uh, is a little game called Piku Niku. Which Ooh. is making this up? I really am not. It's just come to the Switch. It's just it's just right. come out on Switch and PC. It's a little remind me of Keita Takahashi, uh, Cat Mario Damacy style, mm. little colourful cartoon adventure game kind of. Mm. Well, it's very weird. It's very nice. It only lasts a few hours. Really enjoyed it. I'm gonna... Can't say that much about it without just ruining it. But okay. it's, it's funny. It's actually funny. Okay. Oh, oh right. I'm sold. You would like it a lot, man. I am like... sold. <laughs> it's I really weird. Short and funny is fantastic. That mm. sounds great. I mean, actually, my Switch has been getting a lot of use out of the wrong things lately. You're still really? on that Diablo train. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of stopped playing Diablo, but I... You do play on the train, actually, I just realised. Yeah, 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 the Diablo, <laughs> Diablo train. train. Yeah. <laughs> Literal <laughs> Diablo train. I was actually too hungover to play Diablo on the train, or anything, or do anything apart from look out the window. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3 mm. over Christmas, and, and it's just insane. You were talking before the podcast, um, basically, about how you were in the market for games that help you kill time at the moment. Yeah, I've got a boring few weeks coming up, and I need to just delete 
yeah. the evenings, basically. And, and they can delete go. any downtime to disappear. And I think that's the thing, is video games, for better or worse, are very good at, at making time go away. Mm. Some of them are particularly good at it. And Diablo 3 is insane. That's something. Sometimes you just need that, though. Yeah. Like, if you're on a 10-hour flight, or you're ill, or whatever it is, you just need a game that will suck up the hours. Well, this is it. I bought it for a flight to Philadelphia, um, because it was... I was flying to Philadelphia at the start of December, and it's December is a period in in the year where you're not really in the mood for international flights for work. <laughs> like it's a, it's a great convention we go to and I love it. But when I'm in the process of going to the airport, I'm like, it's, what am I doing? Like everyone else I know is like, let's stop working and go to the pub for a month. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, I need to fly. So I bought Diablo three basically. Cause I thought I bet, even though I played it on the PC a bunch when it first came out, I thought, I bet this will make time go away. And what I found was, I'd open a door to a realm of madness. And that sounds like a box quote from the game. <laughs> but I'd Open the door to hell. Open the door Find to a, a realm lot of, loot. of weird, colourful things. But what I found was that, A, it's just a totally different game to the game it was when it first came out, mm -hmm. in many regards. And it's just like this insane parody of itself, where I don't know how I feel about it at all. And I've played it for about, <laughs> about 60 hours or more on the Switch and I've no idea what I think about it because it's almost like a joke mm. in the fact that they've got a new mode which is called Adventure Mode and it's not even that new it came out with a you know DLC the Rupert Souls right yeah. yeah so Adventure Mode basically is like hey don't play through the story like just just you can go to any of the five acts straight away and you can go into any of the places and you can do these bounties which are basically just like go here and kill this monster well done you did it and then you and you can do rifts which are basically just like hey here's randomly generated dungeons full of stuff and then you, you you level up and you get more rifts and higher level rifts and it's just absolutely incomprehensible to the point where it's like what is this like initially it's like you start playing and within five minutes it's like ding right you've, you've got full blue gear you've done all levels it's like what about green gear we're not doing green gear yeah. forget about green gear God, world of warcraft's <laughs> a lot like that these days yeah. it's yeah the you, it seems like a lot of those early steps have, have just gone. Just now, gone. And then it's like, right, purple stuff. You have purple like, stuff for like a minute. And then mm -hmm. it's like, now you're onto yellow stuff, like orange, yellow oh, stuff. Oh, is that legendary? Yeah. Nice. So you know you have yellow stuff and then you have orange stuff. Oh, right. Okay. And it's like, I'm just playing it. And then you get green stuff. And I'm like, how many colors yeah. are there? Like, just trying to work out how many new colors they've added <laughs> to this loot rainbow. So the first week of this year, I, I made a, a fairly dumb decision to do a long haul flight for work in the first week of January. Nobody wants to do that. Hmm. Nobody wants to do it all. But I went to Austin to play Anthem. And oh. yes, it was very much in progress still. Obviously, it was, it was also the pre-Christmas bug because everyone had just got back to work and nobody could be bothered. Mm. Very bad idea to invite press to a studio the first week of January. All the developers were like, why are you here? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Please don't make us say no things. No one remembers how to do their job in the first no. week of January. <laughs> yeah, so and, and literally, I remember, you know, I was, I was asking for like an extra interview with the art director and everyone looked at me like I was that kid at school who insisted on doing the homework. <laughs> you know, like, really? You really want to do some work? Um, but anyway, the game uh, was very in progress and uh, I really enjoyed it. But we can talk about that later. But one of the things that really amused me is the loot system wasn't in place yet. So right. I would do these missions and do all this stuff and then I wouldn't get any things at the end of it. And I was like, <laughs> I never thought I cared about loot, but now I'm like, where's my stuff? Oh, it's weird that that would matter in a preview context where you're not going to ever see that. I know it was so dumb, again. but then my brain was just like, well, there was no point in that mission. I didn't get any stuff. You know, a little part of my kind of gamer lizard brain was mm, like, so Mm, where's my thing? The bizarre thing about the way that Diablo 3 works now is the fact that, yes, you get your stuff and you level up, but you level up remarkably quickly. Like, you end up being like, 
you know, like you can play it for about 10 minutes and then you're, you're killing Diablo. And you're like, right. okay, right, what's going on? <laughs> um, and then you're just getting increasingly good stuff, but you're just optimizing yourself as you just try and build these builds that break the game, basically. Right. And and then you have like gemstones you can level up by doing things and it just never really ends. And you get to a point where the only reason you're doing it is because you have these seasons, which are like these like months long bits where it's like, hey, see how many of these achievements you can get in the season and then you get rewards for doing them. But the rewards are things like it's a cosmetic portrait frame and yeah. I'm like I don't care about that at all but I still find myself being like come on mate you've only got a week <laughs> yeah, better, better beat torment so. level on this so you can get this and it's all like, these like weird artificial you know it's one of those things where the second you spend five minutes away from the game you're like oh, I don't care at all Yeah. Uh, when I was playing a lot of Forza last year I was playing every week and I really cared about getting the special car that you got if you did all the seasonal events and literally went away over Christmas and probably never touching that game now. But it, it, becomes, it was really good fun, but like the, it's, the, it's the sort of imposed structure of success. Yeah. Well, in this, it it's becomes, weird, the it? game becomes, like there's tons of different difficulty levels and the game becomes trying to constantly be at the cutting edge of where you can be. And it, it's actually not even about like, because the game is just not hard quite quickly. It's just quite easy. But then it becomes about being like, all right, well, what difficulty can I be on? to like most optimi- optimally it's not even like like oh I'm going to go on the hardest difficult possible possible. you just go on like a difficulty that's hard enough that you're getting loads of experience I can but see- you can still walk through it and actually the game doesn't become like trying to kill monsters it becomes about trying to chain together killing monsters so you are constantly killing monsters so you end up with a multiplier of like 500 kills and I can see why you're not sure if you're having fun with that because even <laughs> the, like the reason why you're talking about it right now I'm I, it, like I can see your enthusiasm it's like but it's, but it's just what the <laughs> Doing? Do you ever get that like when, when, when I'm on when I'm on long haul flights? If if I've got a really good game to play, it's almost like my brain's like, no, no, this is this is well, you don't have time or energy to appreciate this good game. Yeah, what you need is a seven out yeah. of ten right now. What's up with films? You watch crap. Yeah, films exactly. On yeah, you watch really bad films. So if I try and watch a good film on a plane, I can't concentrate on it. I was uh, on my flight back from Austin. I was trying to concentrate on Undertale. Couldn't. I just couldn't play it for longer than about twenty minutes before getting restless. So I ended up just. Uh, swimming around in you know random seven out of ten games oh, i was playing give me like a tower defense on, on yeah, a like flight that. That I, that'll just be me for um, ha- yeah, yeah just, for me it was like all the rhythm games that i bought when i first got my switch just spent about an hour just playing mindless rhythm mm. games really good yeah well that's it i found that like it made the flight disappear in like what felt like about an hour it's fantastic for the train ride to brighton because it just makes it go in about 10 minutes do you ever play um, it in your proper time though like, i do and that's the problem is like okay. it's 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 basically it encroaches, um, it's encroaching it's like a necronomicon basically <laughs> of being like you think uh, like i need a spell to make time disappear it's like i can give you this spell my child <laughs> and it's like oh maybe it's a curse <laughs> yeah. and there's like a puff of smoke and then you go no why am i playing diablo 3 on yeah. the weekend <laughs> we've i talk- can do anything i like we've, we, we talked about that a few episodes ago with stardew valley as well that's that kind of game mm. where it's like it will completely delete your time but then also after a while you're like what am i doing it's like <laughs> i've just gone and hid in the toilet from my family to play stardew valley here's, for here's 10 minutes a conundrum i am in a situation where i'm periodically lending switch games to a child because i'm a cool uh, oh, fake yeah, uncle said, yeah. figure but this child's like nine ten, yep. and they, they want to borrow zelda but i keep being like i'm sorry buddy i'm not finished no. with it because i'm playing no, it really slowly <laughs> and i'm like i just also don't know children should not be allowed to borrow zelda games It'll be fine. Once it's I'm done fact. with it, it's fine. But uh, uh, he's got like I think I gave him Mario versus Rabbits because I thought let's get him on the tactical train nice. early, um, and maybe diabolical. But then I've got Diablo, and I'm like, I don't think I should give this to oh, a child. Like, no, no. It feels to me like a, 
like a substance. It feels like alcohol. It's mm-hmm. like, this is fine for adults, <laughs> people who, who can play it. It's a tool for making time go away. That's kind of how I feel about Destiny. Well, yeah. My stepson played Destiny when he was 10 and all his mates played it. And they, he literally played that game for two years. And I was like, this is too good for you. At the same time, You though, can't I'm... self-moderate. I have a weird power power dynamic going on at the moment, incidentally, with, with, with the Switch. Mm-hmm. In that my, so my stepson's mother, um, she has another kid with her new husband. Um, so my stepson's brother, this is complicated, right. but he just turned seven and he just got a Nintendo switch for his birthday. And I was no, like, oh, no. I know. And, that... and it was so nice. Cause my, my, my stepson is very anti Nintendo. Just, I think purely mostly oh. cause I like it. Um, but he's always been very dismissive of Nintendo. So he's like, Oh God, I got a switch. It's so lame. And I was like, Oh man, it just reminds me of when I got my first games console, you know, get those brilliant birthdays and Christmases where you got a new <laughs> Nintendo. And I was like, Oh, it's so awesome. And so I ended up like texting my stepson's mum being like i've got all these switch games you can borrow for for the kid if you like i've got like and i was sort of listing off these games like, oh nintendo lab have you heard of this and she's like all right well we'll be in touch and then i was like oh my god i'm a heroin pusher to her <laughs> like as far as she's concerned i've like she wants up. less of it yeah yeah, exactly she wants less of it in her life and i'm like i've got all these recommendations <laughs> what type of drugs would your children like and of course to her all games are the same really yes um yeah. so you know she doesn't understand that i'm so excited about finally being able to recommend nintendo games to a child <laughs> in my life i'm so psyched that's it it's just being careful with the picks and being like i don't think this is good i don't want to be responsible for a child's life being like disappearing although i think destiny's not too bad because at least you've got the social side oh no it was it was fine there's so many worst things he could be playing. i think my brother it i remember fine. my brother when he was like kind of must have been you know 10 11 12 a bit older than that actually probably early teens him and his mates just played halo games yeah. online together obsessively and i actually like look back and remember that was a period where because of the advent of games being kind of more personal and mm-hmm. online um we'd kind of shifted from the the phase where we you know you just play on the n64 and we take it in turns to you know go on to our game of ocarina of time or banjo kazooie and then we had the the gamecube era which was kind of the pinnacle of that old school people doing things together before it changed and playing animal crossing and literally taking turns to be in the same town and basically trolling taking, each other taking it in turns on single player games is a lost a completely lost social experience. Well, we just we it's had games shame. on the PC we both wanted to play, and we had games on the N64 we both wanted to play, and we just swap throughout the day. We'd be like, play on this, play on this, play on this, and swap over. But then when he got his Xbox and also became a teenager, the Xbox largely went into his room eventually because, you know, it became like a, I'm in my room playing Xbox. He became an advert for Xbox, basically. But um, I remember him just playing lots of Gears of War uh, and lots of Halo and lots of Chaos Theory Splinter Cell. That's why you grew up to then go and work for official Xbox magazine. It's like, you may have had the Xbox in your room, but I'll get you. I'll get you back, bro. I mean, actually, like, it was him that got me back into Xbox, actually, because I, I remember coming home for Christmas um, or coming home for the summer after university or something and him be, him having an Xbox 360 and saying, like, he lent me his Xbox 360 and said, you've got to play these two games. And these two games were Viva Piñata and Dead Rising. Oh, wow. Which good are selection. a really good selection. Pretty yeah. different games. And I got really into them and I started writing about, I wrote about those games for on a blog. And that was the beginnings of me actually being a games writer. So actually, yeah. But I just remember him having this That's little... less spiteful than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He definitely, no we, we've, we're good at recommending each other good stuff over the years. He's got good taste. But um, yeah, he had the thing of playing and having this community with all his mates at school and the stuff they used to get up to on Halo. And oh, yeah, I was, like, I was very jealous of it. Like, I had that in Halo, actually. Yeah. I had uh, my, the, my, the boyfriend I had when I was a teenager and all his mates, we used to all sorts of crazy stuff. And we also had modded, we had, my, we had modded Xboxes. Mm. So you could go in and like, it wasn't, it was like a hacked version of the yeah. forge. You know, you could go in and really mess with Halo and you know, we probably spent two years doing that. Yeah. It's great. That but stuff was amazing. I, I made friends with <laughs> on Christmas morning with literally the first person that I heard on voice chat. 
this like, Australian <laughs> guy called Craig. And then we like we were we were friends Buddies and like played Halo for like the next two years. But it was literally the first person that I heard. That is again. see, that is a classic <laughs> example of the difference between being a boy on the internet yeah, and a girl gosh, on the internet. Yeah. The first the first person I ever encountered on Xbox Live called me a whore and then followed oh, me around no. for ages. Oh, God. And then I turned off voice chat and never oh, turned it back on. I've God. never yet turned voice chat back on on any console with strangers. So I still think it's my favorite thing about Destiny is that voice chat is off by default. Oh, all Nintendo games also just, you know, it always, always amuses me. It's one of those things where people complain about, old people always complain, oh, there's no voice chat in Splatoon, there's no voice chat in this and that. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. That's what you want, especially if kids are playing. Also, you can get voice chat in Splatoon. You just need yes, you to just need the app, use yeah. an app I mean, and then connect bad. it into your it's Switch so or thing. And a... But, you know, it's, it's kind of their way of trying to make it opt in, yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, in a way that, like, is just annoying enough for kids not to just default. I mean, also, especially, you know, like... I, I, I hear a lot of, you know... Very scary sounding Russian men screaming from my stepson's room when he's over sometimes, and he's just turned the Counter Strike Counter Strike chat back on because mm. like the condition of him being able to play Counter Strike is no chat, mm. but he just turns it back on, and it's like so irritating. Breaking the law, breaking the law. Yeah. and you know the the there's no module. You know, it's, you know, as soon as you get to about eight, you can probably use whatever you're using better than your parent, even if your parent's job is to play video yeah, games. Yeah, so it's so just. Impossible. Those strange uh, kind of relationships you can end up forging with people, um, in with strangers in, in games. I think it's interesting how like certain types of games really do help that more. Like World of Warcraft is a classic thing. Yeah, Lots of people. I went to uh, my old uh, <clears throat> arena partner in World of Warcraft. I went to his wedding last year. Oh, it was, yeah. I'm so jealous of this kind of interaction. <laughs> yeah, it was, I always um, read articles about it and friends talk about it. I'm like, I've never once. Had it, this. it was incredibly <laughs> heartwarming and yeah, uh, I. I was quite nervous about going. It's the first time I'd, I'd done like a meetup with someone that I played online, and it was on and his went, wedding day. Oh god, that was the yeah. first time you met them. Yeah. Oh wow. my god. Yeah. It was for yeah. his wedding. Yeah. Oh, that's it was, so awesome. It was, it was super sweet, and there, there were a few other people that we used to play with there. So there's some shared oh. ground. That's really sweet. Yeah, I had yeah. it from forums as we discussed last time. Let's not do that again. Yeah, but sure. I, I never had it from just like online. There was an article went up on the Guardian recently from a um, Australian journalist who was writing about this. You know, developers always uh, design games for conflict, but actually. I always find I make connections and she's just writing about all these amazing mm-hmm. like serendipitous connections that she'd had in video games and I read it with just extreme jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> this is so unfair. Maybe it's just like this yeah, now. My, my Maybe I'd find nice Tumblr kids if I went on now as a teenager. My experience you know? was way less wholesome in the fact that um yeah, I just I bet I, you were a right little troll. <laughs> no, I wasn't actually. I remember like playing I, was. I remember playing a bit of Halo 3 with um like a friend of mine Sean Bell who's does video game stuff. Uh, that's very good sporadically um and i remember he they played a bit of it and then they went off to play something else and also you know they were working or whatever and i was unemployed at this point but then there was a mate he had called james and me and him just ended up being like just being on a lot so we just ended up playing a lot and we found that there was a two-player mode on halo 2 halo 3 which was just like basically 2v2 and we didn't really talk much like whilst we were doing it we didn't really socialize But we were just both very good at communicating to each other about what was happening. Yeah, it's hyper competitive that. And mode, we were it? both like we kind of had the same. It, it just worked, and it was the thing. I played tons of it with a guy, mm. and we were all just really good at it. Like we really knew when to like swap out for the other person so that no one ever died, and we yep. just we stomped people. But it was hilarious because I played that game with him so much. I must have spent like you know fifty, a hundred hours with this guy, just me and him on voice chat. And then, like, I'd met him before in real life, briefly. But then when I met him again in real life, it was like, it was just so awkward. <laughs> like, just like, oh, hey. And it was like, we didn't really have anything yeah. to talk about. Yeah. So if you, you feel, like, yeah, I guess you feel like you should have because yeah, right? of the number of hours. Of course, you sp- yeah, you've literally spent mm. hours together. But we had nothing. But you've got nothing to chat about. I really, of- I get jealous of people who have these online um, 
kind of relationships with groups and stuff in games generally because I've never actually had that much. Do you know what I mean? I really need it. I've I've always had like fleeting like when a new game comes when Destiny came out I had like five people that I played mm. with regularly for about two weeks. But it's partly because I don't tend to stick with games exactly. for long enough. That's yeah. why I don't tend to but I, I am jealous of people who are like have these really solid every Thursday night they play. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what game it is. It's just I love the idea of I having have, yeah, it's that the weird thing of being like appointment. I always feel like I, I have things where I join people that join group, but I always feel like an interloper. I always feel like I'm like I I I, I join a PlayStation party and I just like pop into it and I just hear people laughing and I'm yeah. like <laughs> I'm immediately like I feel like you guys do this all the time and I'm just dropping in and especially I think it's 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 it changes in the tenor of like who you are as well I found like I didn't manage to become a part of like a group of people who played Xbox together really I'd like hop into things and then when I became like Matt Lees who writes for OXM it just changed the tenor of it all. Yeah, man. Like my friends who aren't involved in, in games world professionally do not like playing games with me because yeah. they feel like I'm judging stuff. Yeah, all right, the time. I'm like, like, I'm not, I just want to play, like I really wanted to play, you know, Steep, the oh, winter yeah, sports game. Thing, yeah. Really just fancied that game. I kind of looked at it. I thought, I want to play that. I want, I want to just play it. So I tried to persuade a few friends from back in Scotland. We were playing it and they're like, are you doing this for an article? I'm like, no, oh, I just yeah. want to snowboard down this stupid mountain with you. And uh, yeah, so there's always that slight element of, are you using this? Are you using yeah. us that's, for your purposes? That's interesting. I, th- I found with um, with World of Warcraft, that's the definitely the, the closest relationship I formed through a game. Mm. But the the big difference between that, because I played 2v2 on Halo as well, which is very similar to how it feels to play uh, the, the arena games that I played in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. The big difference was in WoW, there were these huge, like, hours of downtime sometimes yeah. neither of you want to play and you just be hanging out somewhere and you just chat and then it be, you, you're not just chatting about like oh there's someone around the corner you should probably do something about that you have to talk about other stuff yeah so it really weirdly it requires like using the game as a place to hang out which yeah. i just don't, yeah. don't do as much anymore there's one way that i always try and explain the way that teenagers play games now because this was certainly nascent when we were teenagers but it's definitely what they do now it's just a yeah. place that they go to hang mm-hmm. out yeah like Fortnite is their version of going yeah. to the shopping center and hanging out outside the you know, department store wherever it is i still haven't <laughs> played Fortnite, but i find it fascinating that when i see videos of it it's like sometimes I see videos and it's like people shooting each other other times I see videos of it and it's people just wandering around and yeah. i'm like yeah it's how m- is there is there a lot of fighting in this game? Or is there a lot <laughs> there of wandering around? There's there generally be. like a few little fights that you get into over the course of a match. And then one of them ends you. Stuff in you're a way just kind like, of, yeah, you're just, you you're just do larks. that in a shooter. It's just larks. You're just kind of ex- wandering, especially before you know the map that well. You're just kind of wandering around, finding stuff, looking for things. And it's constantly changing. So there's stuff to find yeah. out. The world events really encourage exactly. that. I think for people yeah. to log on just to see the thing that's what's happening. Going on. Yeah. Doesn't really people aren't even shooting each other. They're just interested in what's happening. But yeah, I... Fortnite's best understood as a place that teens go to hang. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's, become the water cooler of it's, it's, like, the way yeah. the TV used to be. Did you see the thing last night? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And being also, like, did you see the big ice cube? Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like actually playing for, like, I'm not any, Fortnite's one of the first games that's made me feel really old because I suck at it. Mm. I'm really bad at it because I can't, like, I, I, knew, I grew up with shooters, but I didn't grow up with Minecraft. Yeah, the building side of it is. So as soon as someone starts shooting at me, the step that, like, in, in, in the kind of five microseconds since someone's started shooting at, say, my stepson, he will have built fortifications and he'll already be half up a set of stairs and you know sniping whereas i'm like oh someone's shooting at me i'll shoot back. no wait i should be-. and then i did mm-hmm. you know like the, the, i don't have the kind of instant um ability to connect my my brain to my hands to build stuff in that's the same me. way as that's me as well minecraft oh, kids do. i've got an easy recommendation for you um for everybody in fact and that should be great for you because you've got a lot of downtime and you want to do something uh mobile game called twinfold 
Ooh, I have heard of this. Twinfold by Kenny Sun. That's the name of the guy, and it says it at the top of the screen, so I always remember it. Nice. But it's fantastic. It's basically like threes combined with a roguelike. So it's basically like you swipe a little guy around little levels and collect things, and you have to combine two gold pieces to make them level up. It's really neat. It's got like tons of depth to it that you just unfold as you go like maybe after like playing it for like 10 hours you kind of you've worked out everything but it's really joyful in the fact that like all the different types of enemies and stuff you'll gradually learn little things about quirks about how they behave and how they do things and there's like a lot there um and the reason i mention it really is because a it's fantastic it's like one of the best mobile games i've played in years and i love cool. it but b i don't know if it's a big smash hit on ios and just no one on android really has it but no one on android seems to be playing it and as somebody who isn't quite you know i'm all right at puzzle games but i'm by no means good it upsets me that on a frequent basis i keep being the number one score in the world for that week yeah <laughs> and it's like this should not be happening <laughs> so if you're listening to this please rectify that because i do not like that it's twinfold <laughs> like, by twinfold by, by kenny sun I, I i feel like you should say the full thing twinfold every time <laughs> by kenny sun. it's got delightful art delightful sound it's one of the few games that when i'm playing it my wife doesn't ask me to turn the sound off because it just has this wonderful like pop and squeaks and it's it's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's it's one of these games where I'm just I'm amazed that not everyone is. Yeah, I don't think I've heard about, about that with them. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard someone else said that was excellent. I think maybe last year that it came out. On iOS last I, it came year. out in December last year. Ah, okay, yeah. So um, yeah, but it's anything anyone said to me in December like immediately flew out of my brain again. To be honest, <laughs> but it's got amazing. Chased out like, by I'm, brandy. I just get really angry when I'm playing something and I look at it and it's like you're the fiftieth in the world. It's like no, I like, shouldn't be. I, I, I know, yeah. I know my place. Like, <laughs> if I try really hard, I might get to like the top five thousand. I was literally about to say five thousand. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of like that's like I'm happy. I'm still going back to Amplitude because I got into the top 1% of players in the world in the first week that I had it. And now I just have to stay there. I just have to stay there. Oh, no. And unfortunately, no. all the other top... That's like a Don't fun be like that. Yeah, all the other top one percenters are like... Are clearly... You don't want to be a one percenter. We've no. talked about this, Kesha. Yeah. How many times? <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a woke aspiration anymore, you guys. Um, but it's, it's you know every, every time I drop into top 2%, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to find some extra points to squeeze out of this game I've completely rinsed for years. <laughs> it doesn't sound it's, fun. It's not fun. It isn't That's fun. But it's, well, no, like, I love Amplitude dearly, but I just I wish I didn't have that... that online scoreboard mm. i was actually number one in europe on the playstation 2 amplitude for a while because oh, wow. it was the f- one of the first ps2 games that had leaderboards if i remember rightly it was you know it was i think i was number very w- primitive number three in europe for a speed run of metal gear solid 2 but that was on the day of launch and then i think about two days later i was not <laughs> did i'll stop me if i've talked about this before but did any of you read n64 magazine as kids probably they had this thing where I can't remember what it's called, but you had to do certain things in games and send them evidence that you'd done it. And oh, they'd send yeah. they'd send you a, a little tape. certificate. Yeah, with a, literally a tape. Oh, you did this, didn't and you? And oh my god, I did this. <laughs> and they would send you a little certificate saying you were really good at the video games. Oh and my um, gosh. and the challenges, the challenges were really, and they were across all different games. It was like an early achievements. It was quite innovative, yeah, really. I but know. you know, the magazine spread. It would be like a four-page spread, and it would be like all these different challenges you could attempt in different games, and they'd have the top ten in there. Oh my god, that's such a great idea. Yeah, and if if you could check off a certain number of the challenges, you'd move up the ranks between you know bronze, silver, gold, etc. And uh, I was obviously obsessed with remaining mm-hmm. a, a gold N64 player. It was very important to me. I know a great at 10. number of nerds, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, but you're one of the most adorable nerds. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was very, very keen on it. But I remember only in one challenge was I ever number one in that magazine. I was always like fourth. 
So you would send in a, a VHS? Literally VHS a VHS that you, that you would take if you're doing... Or someone recording, like, your mum... Oh, no, it would be like, you, you'd have to everything. hook the AV lead up to the, oh, okay, the RF. Right. You'd have to get a special adapter to get your RF lead into oh, the split. camcorder. Yeah, to you split it. Did, you I did. Player. Well, I begged my dad to buy it from Maplin. I remember, like, looking up what I needed to make <laughs> oh, this happen. And I was, like, trying... Remember, because it was before it was before digital cameras as well, so I would be trying to take a picture of the screen, and then I'd get the film back, and it would just be, like, a blank CRT, because I'd left the flash on. It would just be... Ten I mean, photographs I of a blank CRT. your father. Take me to my place. Infuriating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the the one challenge I ever was top in was a Mario Party mini game where it was a shy guy and you had to rotate the stick like fast enough and the shy guy would fly. Um, a certain like, and the more you rotated the stick, the further he'd fly. And I figured out that if you just use your palm on mm-hmm. the N64 controller, oh, you had nice. to like jab jam it against something. Use your palm and just really go for it. Um, that is why I have this little grey fleck in oh, my palm. Oh, gosh. Because I did it so enthusiastically that the stick went through my hand. Oh, God. Oh my God. <laughs> so that little grey speck in my hand is a piece of N64 controller. Wow. There what? you go. Please it's tell still me you still there. have the stick. Number one, though. Something. Do you know what? I don't have it anymore. I don't know what happened to it. I'm, I'm actually quite sad about yeah. it. I don't have any of my old... Co- I think I probably just Marie Kondoed them mm. at some point in my life, but I don't have any of my old N64 That's, magazines that, anymore. I'm getting sparks of joy, like, oh, tangentially. Just I, know, I chase every month, I'd be like, waiting there, hoping I would be number one in something. Oh, it was great. Oh, the internet wow. The internet is not quite as satisfying. Yeah, so it's ruined it. It's ruined it. <laughs> but look, I think the idea of having a little club where you do little challenges mm. and you get little rewards is actually a really good idea. Challenge mm. club. Mm. And it'd be so much easier to do now, obviously, because you can just screenshot. Well, I think yeah. back then, trophies well, and she'd be like, kind of say something it, nice like. to someone in like in Fortnite. Just they could be nice challenges as well. Like, I'm not no, so that's much a into good idea. Yeah, you did something good this week. That's a lovely a idea, actually. Yeah. I think it was just like in that era as well, like there was more of a tendency to rinse games, and that was mm. mainly because yeah. they didn't take generally, they didn't take as long to finish. Yeah, and also you only got like one every three months. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there weren't as many coming out as well. Like N64 particularly was like, yeah, it was dry for a long time. The, um, the H. Romer guy stream of Donkey Kong 64 brought back so many memories because that is, yeah. I think it was a 101% game. It was one of the, like, yeah. Yeah. there was an extra 1% that looked, and the same with Donkey Kong Country. There are all these games that had like these secret extra percents. Isn't it? They found, they found one of the. Uh, oh, I loved it. They found one of the coins or something. Like, wasn't it? Many years after the game had come out as well. Like, yeah. They were searching. Someone managed to find it in the code of the game. I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's. But we're watching that stream because I remember H Bomber guy appears to be around about our age, and I was watching him. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I had the same problem as he. Like, I could never finish that game. <laughs> I could never one hundred and three percenters or whatever it was. So I was, it was really nice. Aside from all the other reasons, that stream was amazing. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. It was yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good to see someone finally conquer. I think you might be one of the, the only people I've heard talk about stream and, and talk about like Donkey Kong sixty four. The rest is too obvious, man. It's too yeah. obvious. Yeah. That's fair. Fair. Can we just spend a minute to say how great that stream it was? Wonderful. It was so good. Harry's Amazing. Seems like a really so cool pleasing. Day. We've got an interview with him going up oh, on the Guardian tomorrow. Yeah. Nice. Keep an eye out for that. No, I'm I'm sure. be out Podcast will be out by then, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm uh yeah, that was just thrilling. That that entire stream just made me very, very happy. I've never seen such a brilliant symbol of intergenerational change. Yeah. As like a you know, lefty streamer raising all that money for trans kids and all and all the all the celebs who dropped in. It was just like yeah. anybody over about thirty five would be completely yeah. Baffled by what the hell is going on. I think it's John Romero amazing. was quite baffled when, when he turned up. 
was like, but that's, yeah, I'll give you I was really it. impressed that Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez appeared to know what was going on. Yeah. Like, well, she, she was a big she, N64 fan. Yeah, but she just downloaded Discord apparently that day to kind of participate. And Discord she just, is she just pretty tricky. To it. She I would have took screwed to that it. up because Discord's a little tricky to figure out when Dude, you first I've been, start. I've been, I, yeah, I thought naively last, last December, I'm like, I'm going to start a Discord server. And it's like, oh no, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Like, I literally don't no. know what I'm doing. I do not know how to use this. No, the, well, there is. I mean, there is actually a, um, I should mention because it's, it's relevant. There is actually a cool ghosts Discord server. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast and you think, oh, that sounds fun, um, then I'll put a link to that in the, the podcast page on uh, coolghost.net. Can right, I plug my thing. server when I eventually yeah, figure out how can. to figure it out? I'm just saying that. I don't I know just... how to make one. When I figure it out, I'd love to plug it. I do. <laughs> feel like I don't, we don't really, we don't really talk about the Cool Ghost server very often because um, I'm not so much these days, but there was you never really knew the tendency where you might just suddenly have Nazis swarming it. So it's, it tends to be like talked about every now and then and people come in. I don't go in there very often anymore. I'm really bad at checking it, mainly because I'm actually like being very productive and getting on with work. Strangely enough, so we but it's are, a lovely crowd. We're very active in our People Make Games one, but there's a lot of crossover with the Cool Ghost Discord. Mm. And uh, it's. I wonder uh, why. Like, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> um, and it seems to, even if, as you say, you don't check in that often, like organically has become a very nice place to. Well, it's out. its own thing now, which is quite. I like it. I mean, I, I, it's good that it's not organized by me as well, because it just means it's like people can do what they like with it mm-hmm. and they can define their own things. And as long as, you know, it doesn't get taken over by actual Nazis, I think I, think, do what the, they like. I think the moderators you have are pretty Exactly. Good, so. you know, I know the, the mods and they're fantastic. They're a wonderful bunch of people. And um, yeah, every time I pop in, it always seems really nice. And I kind of like that it's like, okay, well, you know, what I'm doing now with Cool Ghost is much more sporadic and much less of a, like a content community thing. Mm. Um, but there are just people who like it seem to be nice people and they're gravitating and making their own little communities and doing stuff and that's the best thing it's kind of yeah it's something that will outlast me hopefully which is nice mm. of being like the people yeah, yeah. making friendships and stuff so i could disappear off the face of the planet and that would still mm-hmm. exist that's lovely so that yeah. is nice um oh, not, no, not the idea of you disappearing off the planet that's not <laughs> lovely but you know the sentiment's good but what if it was like click my fingers and i disappeared and i never Ooh. existed huh how about that? <laughs> That's my one beef with. I'm out, my main beef with with uh, you know the, all the Avengers films is that they're just like they're fine. Uh, but but when I watched that, I was like, hang on a minute, he's got this magic glove. I'm going to spoil Infinity War now temporarily <laughs> if you haven't seen it already. So just tune out for like ten seconds. But when he clicks his fingers and everybody goes, everyone like melts into dust, which I thought was very melodramatic. But he has the ability to like re-unwind time and stuff. So why wouldn't he just click his fingers and have it so half the people didn't exist? That's all I'm going to say. Like, yeah. and never existed. And people just Wait, forgot how? they existed ever. They just, they just are unwritten from time. Because you could do that you? with that glove. How? He just could. He al- you also could just make more, sp- because the whole thing with it is that, like, there more, space. Yeah, it could make more space for anyway, all the things. It's not very interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good point. This is a real Reddit <laughs> argument. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Just like the films themselves, this conversation oh is God. not very interesting. Well, you brought it up, man. I'm, I'm sweeping my hand I as en- I say this. I was, <laughs> I was engaging on your terms there. <laughs> it's anyway. important to realise this, <laughs> Sometimes it's important hey, to realise. would you like to know a hideous um, fact? Uh, really bad fact. Gosh, okay. Uh, the, the Nintendo DS is going to be 15 years old this year. Yeah, that's not a good fact. It's not good. It's unacceptable fact time that is so bad it's terrible it? I, my immediate reaction in my brain was to go almost legal oh, <laughs> which is just horrendous. oh yeah. i don't know where Jesus. that came from so I, i'm glad i didn't say that because <laughs> it's horrible i mean really it's never been illegal to have sex with your nintendo ds if that's what you're into no, i don't think it's a great idea i think immoral yeah. i don't think that's really good for anyone no um are you doing that so, thing where you you google like how old um various 
Well, yeah. where, when certain anniversaries yes. are coming I was up. doing my content, my content plan. I but it's always quite stressful, I find. But in the end of my content era, actually, when I was at Video Gamer, I do remember thinking about doing a video which was like Banjo-Kazooie is 16 and mm-hmm. making some sort of creepy like Daily Mail style video in that in that vein. It's, been, is that that would have been funny for like 30 seconds. Yeah, no, I know. And I mean, that was, that was pretty much my job yeah. at Video <laughs> Gamer, was just make something that's funny for 30 seconds. <laughs> is it funny tomorrow? Does it make sense it's tomorrow? A bit, doesn't it's matter. A bit, it's almost a bit Chris Morris. I think that's all right. Mm, I don't think it would have been Chris Morris at the time. I think it would have been shit. I think if I do it now, it'd be good. But when I rewatch some of, not all of it, some of it, I think oh, this is still quite funny. But some of it, I think, oh, what are you doing? What is this? It's just a blur of noise. It feels a long time ago now. Doesn't it, it feels like an incredibly long time. Yeah, ago. I mean, this. I remember I used to have to commission retrospectives for these things that were fifteen or twenty years old, and now, mm. and now I can just write them. <laughs> oh, it's wow. really bad. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. back. That's like I wrote, I wrote, I wrote one on Zelda: Ocarina of Time being twenty. There was mm. one on Half-Life being... Sp- I used to have to go find someone to commission mm. to write these things, and now it's like, oh, God, I am comfortably able to recall <laughs> and write about this and contextualise it. Hooray! This is dreadful. Memories. But the, the Nintendo Memories. DS was, I think, the first... Mm, probably the first console I bought completely with my own money, i.e. not with like money I earned rather Mine than the birthday Game Boy money. Advance. Yeah. And I remember I got an import one as well. I imported it from Japan, which because it was out a few months earlier in Japan, and I got... This game called um, Daigasu Band Brothers. Mm, which, yeah. Oh, you, you remember that game? I, oh my honestly, God, no I, one's heard of this game. I played a lot of Nintendo DS games. I I'm may have been excited. doing illegal things, <laughs> but I played a lot of games. I yes. played all of them. Yes, I had I had a, a close friend who also had all of the games through. Yeah, I did buy a lot of them as well. Don't get me wrong. Mm. It's just towards the end of its life cycle, I was like, but there are Japanese was, things I want to try. It was such an interesting console. And it, it had amazing. so many, especially in the first couple of years, it had so many just fascinating games that you just never seen anything like it. Do you remember there was a, and this is one of the stunning things for me about the Nintendo DS when it came out, was the fact that it had a lot of games on it which were like by third parties that came out at launch, right? Mm. Which is usually like eh, 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 But no, they were all great. But they were all great. There was one which was like a Pac-Man game from drawing and you draw shapes and then they appeared and it was like a, and it was was great. It was really, (laughs) really good. Feel the magic XXXY. Yes. So good. (laughs) I I have no idea what that is. You had to rub ladies... Oh. Um, but no, it was it was it was kind of uh, maybe it is awful now. I don't know. It's, at the time, is. it just seemed I, Japanese. But it was uh, it was um, it, it was a kind of really really weird stylistic game about love and chemicals. Um, with it lots was of very strange, very strange game. And I couldn't I can't actually recall what you did apart <laughs> from rub, rub things. Rub the ladies. Um, but it, it was it was you know that stayed with me. The, the, the thing is after this I've, is a quote that gets on the front of the Times <laughs> with an unflattering photo of you. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't remember. I was just rubbing ladies. <laughs> Um, but there is there's a whole bunch of games, and then I realised that you know I could probably spend this entire year just writing retrospectives of games that nobody but me played. I don't <laughs> like think there's been a console. Seven other people on the internet would be delighted to read a retrospective nice. of. I don't of think it. there's been a console as solid as the DS. Like for like. Do you mean physically solid? Because that is completely both, true. Both. Like that, well, the, <laughs> it was the so DS, fat. it wasn't really because the original DS was like you know it was a bit crap. But the DS Lite when they made that it was just like an absolutely beautiful bit of gear. It's almost flawless. Yeah, I think it is. I don't say that lightly. No, and also it was the fact that like it was flawless, it was fascinating, and actually had games being made for it. And I think yeah, at the moment, like this is it, like it was when you could still have that kind of, it's when when you could still make games that were specifically for one console exactly. and without without it being a stupid. It was a B game era, really, like, two thousand five love... to two thousand ten. Like it was the the peak for B games, and the DS had all these very and and all these mechanics that were just specifically made mm. for for its unique and weird abilities that you didn't know it had either. No what? Like uh so another code which is one of the best DS adventure games. Yeah, you you arrive in a big creepy old house and you have to figure out what's going on there. 
And all the puzzles in it used the DS's stuff. So there was one where, you know, you, you draw stuff and there's others where you kind of, there was one where you had to prop the, 3D, the DS up like a book mm. and look at the reflection <gasps> of one what? screen on the other screen. I know, so good. Oh, and there was another God, one yeah. that took me forever to work out. It took me about two hours to work this out. And I, was, I remember because it was my first job. I got my first job like a, a couple months before the DS came out. Hmm, did I? Yes. Gosh. Oh, fuck, I'm so old. <laughs> and, uh, You're not old, Kevin. Uh, You're all right. And uh, I was at work, like, you know, and I kept just every, every 15 minutes, I just opened up and be like, oh, I can't figure this out. And um, it was, the, there was the, a, a stamp on the top. There was yeah, an image on the top. Zelda, and, there right? was, and there was a, it, it happened again in Zelda. Okay. Um, and on the bottom was a piece of paper and you just had to close the DS and open it again and the stamp had transferred oh, onto the bottom screen. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, How does it, oh. It was one of the most beautiful moments of my gaming. Like, I just remember feeling glowing for the whole day did after you, was, it, was it a moment of realization when you did it yeah you it was like, like oh, close open oh. it does feel like a magic trick like, yeah, and they did that in the so zelda good. game and i was i was just stamped on that the puzzle other, for the, such a long time and that, that would was be like, ruined today on. that would be ruined though because you yeah, would, so the game would you'd come out it. and you'd like there would you'd google it the preview day or whatever or the review yeah. embargo that video because you could go and check it out like there was nothing stopping you looking stuff up anymore but it would involve booting up your computer and going to game yeah no i couldn't check it on your phone exactly i don't even mean that i mean like uh the previews yeah like yeah. you should see this crazy yeah. like ds idea like you need to experience that yourself but in that zelda you, game, it was do, a- do you remember this, the puzzle in the zelda game where there was this bridge and there was a guy at the other end of the bridge and you had to just yell at the guy into your microphone what? you had to go hey i didn't know that hey and then he would be yeah. like oh and he'd look at you and put the bridge down this is oh my god there was so many oh my gosh because this DS, is wonderful it did so many things that ds had so many little functions just and stuff joyous little tiny at the time like oh. weren't things like, you know, like having a microphone in the console and stuff yeah. like, was like a new idea. I mean, any console could do that now because all the things yeah. have microphones, they but they wouldn't. Would. Yeah. <laughs> they would now because it's like everything is a bit like a computer and the mobile phones mm. have microphones in them. So, of course, a new thing would have a microphone in it. But that, when the DS had a microphone in it, it used it for mechanics like, oh, you've got to blow on it. Yeah. <laughs> like like, like to just... make your boat go. What game was it where you to make your boat go? You had to blow into the sails and there's all sorts of things. I don't remember, but it, it was so much. And I think what's fascinating about that Zelda puzzle with the stamp, which was obviously used mm. in another game first, was the fact that I got so bloody frustrated leading up to solving it i was sitting in bed and i remember so vividly being like really fed up and mm. being like how the hell do i do this what the hell am i doing and i was stuck in it for like half an hour until eventually i went and i did it and i think today like i would have got stuck for like 15 minutes yeah. and then i would have googled it on my phone yeah. That's which is true. a real yeah. shame but you know it takes a lot of self-control not to immediately google how to do things on your yeah. phone now, there's a game i was really enjoying um it's very short called uh, the gardens between which is a nice time manipulation kind of diorama puzzler where you have uh, two childhood friends and they're walking through their own memories and you don't control the friends. They're kind of walking through and you basically control time. So you can make them go forwards and backwards. You can switch things around a little bit to give, to give them a path. And it's a lovely, like, nice puzzle game. Mm-hmm. But uh, the second last level was quite hard and I think I was probably trying it for five minutes before I was like, oh, let's just look up how to do this. And that's really... You know, I didn't have the discipline yeah. to just figure it out. Considering what you were talking about it. with Donkey Kong 64 and like how you you tried so hard to complete that and never made it. But like the way you remember that game, it would not be anything like oh, that. Oh God, no. I mean, no. honestly, I'm quite surprised by that. Maybe because you're slightly younger than I am. So I think when I played Donkey Kong 64, that was the first moment where what awoken, would awaken me would then, would then grow to be a middling game critic. <laughs> was that I, was like, I, I had no critical faculties well, at that point. I, I just loved before them. Before that, I, I was like, games, they were what great. makes a good game? It's like a 3D game where you have a camera behind you and you control a character and you collect things. And like, if you have that, you've got yourself 
a great game. And then I remember like I think Banjo Kazooie, amazing. Banjo Tooie, I was like, it's not quite as good. Banjo Tooie was the first game where I was like, oh, this isn't good. It's not as good. Because like, I imported it from Australia at great expense. Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> gonna like, that's gonna make yeah, it hurt. This ain't good. But then I remember thinking like, it's not as good, but it's still quite good, but it's thinner. It mm, doesn't feel like it's as tight. And then I played Donkey Kong 64 and I was like, I remember playing it for a very short amount of time, clocking how many things it expected me to collect. It's definitely too and bloated. I was like, Massively this is bloated not game. A good, I just stopped. I, I definitely like, wouldn't go back to it now. But I remember very strongly, like, because uh, when I started writing little reviews in my little notebook, I had a blue notebook I started writing game reviews in when I was about eight. And um, the uh, Banjo Tooie was one of the first ones I did. These days, that would be a furious zero out of 10 Metacritic review. Yeah. <laughs> Some 12 year old on the internet being like, ah, because it's just, you know, just. Absolutely reamed that game, but like only to uh, myself in my notebook. A delightful little notebook. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's, <laughs> I've still got the note. That's amazing. One We're day. learning a lot of wholesome truths about your... <laughs> surely you can, surely you can write these up and put them on the internet <laughs> as a feature. You, do you know the podcast Mortified? Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a podcast where people read out extracts from their mm-hmm. teen diaries and they are excruciating, usually. Um, and I found my teen diaries and thought, oh, great, I'll go on Mortified. It's be great because I'd really enjoy that. Um, that podcast and that show I went to live, but then I read them and no, it's still too soon. Yeah, still they're, they're uh, too bad. But I would read out my old game reviews, but that would be of interest to almost could, no one. But you could review your own game reviews. <laughs> you could like as an editor, you could be like basically have a photo of it and then like overlay it with like Photoshop <laughs> yeah. of you crossing stuff out yeah, and making edits. And, and, do you know, what? I still get flashbacks. Like, would you commission this? <laughs> I still get flashbacks of hideous, awful, pretentious lines that I wrote. 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still get flashbacks of those oh, lines. just like eight for me, or maybe five, I don't know. Yeah, I still get, like, vivid. Like, I can remember them word for word, and I'm like, it's the middle of the night. I'm like, why am I remembering that shit line <laughs> I wrote in a review of Fable for Pro-G in 2000? Because <laughs> probably no one else has, <laughs> exactly. let's be real. No one read it. Why am I thinking Pro-G, was that what video That's game what you video game Pro-G wow. So I was a founding member of right. Pro-G, later video gamer, but I got chucked out. Because um, it is like the games in UK games industry equivalent of like the, the root of the family tree. Yeah. Like if you go back far enough, she's somehow everywhere. It's kind of creepy. It is weird. I, I met someone that um, uh, it turned out I'd known from a forum, you know, 20 years ago, probably nearly. Um, who was also in the, and, and they, they're now they work for Wired magazine. They've been Wired. And I was like, are you that guy? Did you used to be on this forum for Cubed 3, a GameCube fan site? And he was like, I moderated that forum. I was like, oh my God, you're the same Temperton. This is madness. Very odd. I'd be the same Temperton. This is insanity. And on that bombshell, we should probably wrap up this week's podcast because Brett has to get on a call and I've mm. got to eat a second lunch. Nice. Um, yeah, it's we didn't get around to talking about Battle Brothers and tediousing uh, Keza. I think you can, tediousing is not a word, mm. um, but we'll do and that next tedious. time because it's a... It's interesting game. Um, we yeah. should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, we should. We, we should and we will. And we don't uh, have to save up all of our game conversations exactly. for once. Every- we, will, been, we will do better at this. It's been yet another ramble without any features, but... Um, <laughs> I liked it. We keep I saying, liked it. It's been, how long has it been? And we keep saying we're going to just have structure, we're going to have ideas. I have well, so many Well, in the spirit of, of the new year, it's all about aspirations that are then not realised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we can keep the aspirations, Brilliant. and if it happens... It happens. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Uh, obviously, yeah, you've got some cool stuff on The Guardian at the moment. I'm looking forward to reading that uh, piece about H-Bomber Guy. Yep, the yeah, H-Bomber Guy interview is going to be good. You got anything else you've put up recently that you're really happy about that you really want people to check out? No, it's January. That's I've fine. been coasting. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Uh, Chris, you got anything? Yeah, we did. Uh, we went to Amsterdam to meet a mm. man that owns a golden weed that should have belonged to the Queen. It was a silly video that we had loads of fun with. Really enjoyed this. It's really oh, good. It's right. very sweet. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, so that, I guess, is the, yeah, 
It's it, people. Way more people have watched it already than we anticipated, though. So we're a bit embarrassed. Oh. It's like it, you know when you, have, you. I said this before the podcast starts, but sometimes you make something you like. I like that, but mm-hmm. I, I think roughly thirty thousand people might be interested. It was always and, the things I bashed out in an hour that would then go <laughs> mega viral. Where it's like the things I worked on for years. Well, I'm like, this is gonna be great. It's like no one cares. That is just <laughs> universal. Doesn't yeah. matter what medium you work in. That always seems to be how it is. Yeah, it's you so just got to try and make everything you do a baseline of certain good because yeah. otherwise it might go viral and then you're screwed. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I've been working on Cool Ghost Episode 3 and unlike last time when I was talking about that, I looked out of the window <laughs> and Chris was like, oh, yeah, when it was you're staring out of the window at the rain whilst talking about it. Um, long, I'm feeling long awaited. Uh, due to a new course of uh, psychiatric medicine, I'm taking some antidepressants, they're called serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors and they have been incredibly useful for me in terms of changing my my perspective and day-to-day energy levels and it means I'm now enjoying the process of editing it it's still taking forever but I'm really enjoying it nice. and I'm aware that it's good cool. and it's going to be really good it should be out in the next month I think to be honest because it's like I wouldn't I would let's say earlier but I never know how long things are going to take um, some of the days of editing have been literally a full day of editing for three seconds of footage so um, that is bad I'm not going to lie. Never let it be said you're not a perfectionist. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not most of the time. I just have certain things this, where I'm like, yeah, this, this, this project is absolutely is, your... Yeah, this is going to be as perfect as it can be. It's going to be rich, 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 rich. Anyway, um, I've remember I've remembered an article we've got. Mm, yeah. It's an article about what happened to the 12 early access games, the first ones ever. Oh, the, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Because um, it's been years and years and years. What, what yeah. are some of them? Um, the last one the final one, mm. came out of early access in December called Kenshi, which is as a straight... In, as in last, just December just that's gone? The fi- yeah, that's the final mm. one. So it's been... A long time. A very eight, yeah. I'm going to say seven or eight years. Mm. It's been a long time. Was Kerbal Space Program one of them? It was. Kerbal uh, Space Program obviously came out. Of the 12, nine were released. And the, the fate of the final three is part <laughs> of the, the article that I found really interesting. Well, I've got a mad thing with, with the fact that I've been working on episode three of Cool Ghost now for literally about nine months for mm-hmm, lots of different yes. reasons. Mostly <laughs> depression, to be real. Um, it's an interesting side effect. And I'll, I'll mention this briefly because I think it's, it's valuable to people to know that like, you know, it's depression is a fucking illness and it can happen to anyone. And if you're having issues, then talk to people about it. But also, you know, talk to a doctor and see what they can do. Um, but it's interesting the fact that what people don't seem to realize is that the first episode of Cool Ghost was also the result of depression. Right. <laughs> I made this incredibly detailed, strange thing that I poured huge amounts of time into mm-hmm. because I was obsessed with it and uh, becoming obsessive about things is often a side effect of that so now it's the difficulty of trying to maintain a quality of something where the initial blueprint was made because of a state of extreme depression <laughs> which is fine and i'm really enjoying matching this level now but the process is different because i'm no longer sitting and working 16 hour days because i don't want to do anything else i hope That's you're getting more joy out of it i am i'm getting a lot more joy yeah, out of it, it and, um, so. it's a lot of fun to do and i'm laughing at dumb tiny jokes that no one's going to notice so it's great that's um, the best part of the job. But yeah, I can't remember what the point was there, but that's just a thing. Oh, I was going to say it's because one of the weird things is it came out, it started working on it nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And yet, <laughs> for various weird reasons, one of the games that we talk about is actually coming out full release <laughs> in <Right>. February. <laughs> and I had a mad panic when I was editing it this week. But I'm like, oh, where is this game? And I'm like, oh my God, did this game not come out? Because <laughs> the developer <laughs> sent me an early version of it. And I was like, this is great. And I'm like, 
have I made a bloody video, like a really detailed video about something, which it, then people can't even play. Oh and I was God. like, oh my God. That would totally work. But I just can't believe that it's like a video which It kind of works is... in, the, in the kind of alternate surreal yeah, universe that the... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. This is a video game from, from Parallel Universe. I mean, I guess in the video we're talking about like why it does something interesting. So actually it would have still been relevant even if you couldn't play it. Mm. But anyway, as it turns out, I just find it hilarious that a video which has taken like almost a year to make is actually going to be game. relevant when it comes out. Cool. Which is just bizarre. Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening to the Dove Souls podcast. We will be back again soon. We're going to actually try and have this monthly and not fail to do that in the way that we have so far. And I hope that you guys are having a happy new year. Yeah. yeah or at least an all right one. Yes. Yeah, and that's cool too. Okay. That right, was so upbeat. Stop now. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.